Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here I'm talking with Paul Woolbank, blogger, broadcaster, journalist, and all-round good guy. This interview is originally recorded as a live radio segment, hence the listener involvement that pops up from time to time. Good morning. So now, how are you and where are you this morning? I'm sorry, that just, I just missed that a little bit. Okay, there. I'm saying how are you and where are you? Where are you actually joining us from? I'm joining you from sunny suburban Sydney. In fact, uh, we've noticed we've had an uh, outbreak of brush turkeys in the, uh, in the suburb, which is interesting. We've never seen them in this neck of the woods before, mm. and uh, there's one rummaging through my backyard as I speak. <laughs> totally delightful. I've just got that, <laughs> that image flashing by me now. Well, look, thank you very much for joining us, Paul. I know you're, you're a busy man, although your, your uh, radio segments and numerous other, other things that you do. Um, and look, I'm really, I'm really keen to talk with you about your, your blog, and uh, I should perhaps just share with listeners um the story that when i actually approached you a few weeks ago now and said hey would you would you join me and uh, we'll talk about starting or running a successful business blog your first comment was well i'm not sure that my blog's so successful and i I was absolutely gobsmacked that you would um that you would say such a thing but um i wonder what's what's your measure in your business of of the success of your blog you're obviously keen to do more with it and yet as an observer I see someone who's a prolific and really, really engaging writer um, that's absolutely kind of nailed his topic. But for, what is there about it that is, is kind of not doing it enough for you yet? Well, I think where I'm harsh on myself with this, Rob, is that um, I think business blogging, you've got to have a clear objective there. And as you know me quite well, I tend to get distracted by shiny things on this. So I'm probably not as focused as what really I think um, businesses should be uh, with their business blogging. And for some businesses, there's probably not much to be made out of blogging at all, whereas for other businesses, uh, you can really establish yourself as a leader in your industry. And in fact, I've, I've been speaking to various businesses about this and um, some of the success stories from blogging or from social media for that matter. Uh, one mining company, for instance, where they had um, a bunch of their engineers uh, uh, posting um, about things like uh, long-wall mining equipment, really stuff that I won't pretend to understand. And mm. uh, out of the blue, they started getting orders from Poland and Vietnam. They even thought that these were some sort of Nigerian scam at first. And <laughs> it turned out that um, these were real orders. And how this had come out was from their company blog and their LinkedIn page, where uh, various engineers were coming on there and mining managers and so on and saying, hey, 
these guys know their stuff. So this is a mining engineering company in mm. the Hunter Valley that's uh, suddenly got an international business out of having that online presence. And uh, that's a fascinating story. And tell me, was that done as a, as a, as a carefully considered strategy or is there a, a, de- a degree of sort of accidental success going on in that, in that particular case? No, that was a total accident. The two guys that were, <laughs> um, the two guys that were driving it were engineers and, of course, they were passionate about um, long-wall mining equipment. So mm. uh, uh, they were posting their established their credibility of themselves and their company that they worked for. And uh, that's how the order started coming. In. So that's a really good example, though, of if you were focused on that, um, just how much you can do there. And there's some businesses that are doing that really well, how they've um, uh, developed a strategic position with this, and uh, then they start working on that. But uh, it's not something that you achieve overnight. I think this is something that we've all learned about the web in recent years that, um, and social media, too, that um, if you want to get fast results, then really you're looking at the wrong channels there. That uh, mm. it's a slow, um, it's a slow, steady uh, build-up rather than something that's going to happen overnight. Sure, and I guess the thing with with you, if we can just look at sort of how your blog. Um, serves you for a moment is your um, and tell me if I've got this wrong but my understanding of of generally how you run your business you do a lot of speaking at conferences um, and various events you do a fair bit of um, consulting at a a high level as well so your blog in that sense is is um, presumably serving that um, or helping to generate leads and opportunities in both of those areas is that is that where your main focus with your blog is? Yeah, that's right. It's, so it's um, to use that really misused term, uh, thought leadership. There, mm. uh, that's really what you, uh, it's looking at. There is establishing that thought leadership and establishing that position in the marketplace. This is who I am. This is what I know. Um, this is my area of expertise or lack of expertise, as mm. the case may be. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, um, so I'm saying this is me. This is what I do professionally, um, and this is um, this is how I can help you. And I think really that's uh, what the successful business. Blogs um, do very well is that they're um, they're establishing the business or the proprietors of the business as um, leaders in their particular industry. Mm. And uh, interesting, you're still not quite admitting that yours is successful, which I I just find quite delightful. But um, but with yours, I mean, I guess the thing. Well, how long have you been running yours for now? How many how many years have you run it? Uh, in this particular iteration, it's been running for about uh, four years. But uh, mm. before that, I had a couple of other blogs, and before that, um, I had my own business website that was PC Rescue and yeah. um, while technically speaking it wasn't a blog in terms of it was using a blogging platform uh, that was um, it, it was more a static um, HTML website uh, but that really was um, covering a lot of things that the blog now does sure. and that started that off in 1998 and Really, I started that off, and that was some strategic thinking because um, one of my regular ABC spots is on Tony Delroy's Nightlife, which is a national audience. And um, we cover in that 45 minutes, 48 minutes that we have on air, we'd cover a lot of topics and have a lot of callers. So I was getting a lot of feedback uh, saying, we'd like, we'd like to learn more about that particular topic, or you mentioned this particular antivirus removal tool or whatever. Mm. Uh, so I started putting those up on that, on that site. So that's really where it starts. So if you wanted to really say, using the broadest term of blogging, probably since 1998, but this particular, the PaulWallbank.com, uh, that's um, five years old, I think it is. Sure, now. okay. So, and uh, it's just worth pointing out that that, um, 
PC Rescue business. That's a business that you built, developed, and and sold very successfully a few years ago. And I guess it's probably true at the at that time, which was you know 1998, which is in the internet languages you know a lifetime or two ago. Um, I guess certainly blogs weren't established. Well, they weren't even really running at that point, were they? So you were just you were putting content there um, <clears throat> as opposed to using it as a uh, as you do now as a kind of a focused um broadcast sort of tool i guess you're reaching out to people as opposed to people having to come across your site and find it um uh, when you when you got um sort of started initially but in your in your let's say in your kind of current manifestation uh, and you said it was sorry actually let me backtrack you mentioned a moment ago that um you had another sort of blog manifestation after your um pc rescue so to an extent do you see that um your blog is being a kind of living breathing thing are you having to kind of duck and dive and move do you see that as an essential element of a blog that you need to shift and and uh, you know sort of uh, yeah move move as the market demands yeah i think it does and i think that's part of the uh, attraction with them that um that you're adapting with the marketplace and this is an important thing i think for all businesses that this idea that you could set up a business say in 1995 and uh, that business would be identical in 2013 is just it's just gone whether you and regardless of what industry you're in mm. uh, so you have to be adapting and i think this is one of the benefits on a personal level for um a uh, business operator is that um the blogging allows you to focus on that uh, one of the things i said people is look when they say to me well what am i going to blog about i don't have much to say i'm just a virtual assistant or i'm a plumber or whatever and well hang on you've got a lot to talk about here there's new products there's new trends in your marketplace you've got customers that are doing interesting things um and all of those when you start thinking about them that starts focusing your mind on mm. where your business is going too so yeah the blog's definitely a breathing and living thing but it's an appendage of the business yeah um, that's an important because your business is a living breathing thing in fact sometimes it, it consumes you and i'm sure there's some, some in the audience that know exactly what i mean <laughs> i think we all know exactly what you mean and look i think that's a great point and also the the other area that you mentioned there is that the the beauty of for you i guess with your work that you've been doing with abc radio on the on the um, tony delroy's night nightlife as you say is that you get very immediate feedback don't you you talk about a topic and bosh you know the phone starts ringing and you can see that you've hit a bit of a nerve there that presumably then um suggests you hey there's a there's a topic here that i can develop i can blog i can do more do more on that how would you suggest someone who doesn't have the luxury of a of a radio show the way that you do how do we how do we determine what exactly should i be writing about what do my client what do my clients or customers want to know i mean i have an opinion on this myself but i'd love to hear your thoughts on that Okay, I'll throw a little bit of an engineering angle on this. Mm. First of all, you've got that strategic base of what is my blog about? What is the objective of me blogging on my site? Whether I'm doing a blog every day, a blog post every day, or whether I'm doing a blog post once a month, or whatever the schedule is. Uh, then you establish that schedule. So you um, say, right, I'm going to write one blog post a week or a fortnight or daily or whatever. Then um, once you've established that schedule, you'll find that that starts to sharpen your vision on uh, on that. So if you're thinking, gee whiz, I'm going to get a blog post up on Thursday and it's Tuesday at the moment, I have no idea what I'm going to write. You'll find that uh, that little bit of discipline, or at least I find that, uh, that helps you, that mm. helps sharpen you on that. Now, I made a uh, decision um, a year back, or just 18 months ago, to do a blog post every day, just to put a bit of discipline in things. And that's 18 months ago, and I've managed to keep that happening. I know, and I'm I'm just in awe of it. I mean, I get I get your blogs every day. I think, and it's, well, but it's not. 
Sorry, I must just compliment you here. The, the thing is, well, what I find with your blog post is I never get the feeling that you're struggling with writing them. You know, yeah, exactly right. Mm. And this is what I found interesting that that because um, people um, would say to me, "Well, gee, what are you going to write about every day?" One of the things I find is that there's never a shortage of things to write about. Mm. Uh, there's always, um, in fact, I've had the opposite problem that I might have ten different things to write about, and <laughs> I get so hopelessly distracted. I'm not sure. I, I start writing one and then think, oh, um, an hour into it, I think, oh, I might write about this instead. Mm. So you spend the whole day uh, sitting in front of a computer working on three or four simultaneous posts. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's um, it's not a problem there. But for a, for a business, for a small business, I think um, there is always something you can write about, whether um, you're talking about the new range of fittings that uh, you can you can supply or uh, uh, something interesting that one of your customers mm. has done with your products or uh, or if you just want to have a rant and get stuff off your chest, that's a, that's a good example. That's a good therapeutic way there. You might delete it later. And, of course, that social media and... Uh, online uh, rule of thumb that you never write something that you'd be embarrassed to explain to your mum still applies in blogging as well yeah well uh, it's interesting the question's just come in from jared actually which is um i, I suspect that jared's a reader of uh, of paul wallbank he says do you purposely try and be controversial or opinionated to generate traffic and comments so i know that you'd certainly write strong pieces you don't shy away but I get the feeling that's just you feeling passionate as opposed to necessarily thinking this is going to get some traffic. What, what's, your, what's your thought on that? Absolutely right. I, um, I don't go for the clickbait side of things, and I think clickbait's dangerous. But, mm. uh, so clickbaiting, for those who are wondering what we're talking about, that's, uh, that's just writing provocative stuff just to get a reaction from the internet and just yeah. get many people. Really. And, uh, that's a problem in the media in general mm. um, because a lot of people, of course, are measuring their success by how many clicks and views they get. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not really driven by that, and um, I, I don't think that that's really where most business bloggers should be looking for. Right? So mm. if you're write, writing a blog for your business, it's great to get 100,000 uh, page views, but that shouldn't just be a driving thing there. Um, because if you do go down that path of clickbait, you end up with some pretty low quality stuff and mm. you don't really, and you find that readership doesn't really stick anyway, and it's probably not the readership that are going to be a couple. No, and then you just end up with a blog as well that's that's completely overrun by inane, often abusive comments, which I, just, <laughs> I don't think does anybody any favours, does it? Exactly right. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I feel passionate about that stuff. So mm. this morning I've got a um, blog post up about uh, my frustrations with dealing with MBN Co on the media level. Yeah. Um, and that will be controversial and that will uh, – because anything NBN does stir the uh, pot. Uh, sure. But that's not there deliberately to attract page views. That's no, there because it's, it's how uh, you feel. This is how I feel. And, yeah, um, yeah the um, – and it ties into the business. It ties into the general um, – theme of the blog too about um about technology industry about technology about mm. where industry is going about uh, the digital economy um and about um and about the nbn which i've written a lot about you have um, indeed yes a yeah. great deal actually we asked a question a couple of days ago on um on our facebook page about people's number one tips for writing a successful blog and i thought i'd just share a couple of these with you and just um see what your comments on these are um so sasha says really confirm what you just said which is scheduling it in and that means um with an appointment reminder so that she just knows she needs to sit there and do it so it's the discipline of doing it and i quite like the way that sasha actually does it where she she sets up appointments and is reminded that there's an appointment 
kind of with herself to write her blog, which I thought was pretty clever. Um, Grant says, write about what you know without trying to please everyone or tick every box. Again, largely what you've just been saying. Jason says, write about a simple concept and something that you find interesting and exciting. So can't disagree with that. A good longer one here from Devanji that says, note down the topics when they strike you, install the blog app on your mobile, which I thought was pretty clever, and write the whenever you're waiting or, or something or whenever you get into the mood. So um, he's also suggesting include images and jazz it up. Um, you know, write what you would like to read. So I don't think you you disagree with any of that. Um, the point, if I can just go back to this this frequency thing, then um, what I've noticed also, particularly with your blog and with other blogs that I follow, and I'm I'm a, a great um, uh, devourer of all the work of um, Seth Godin. Seth Godin, a number of people would be very familiar with him, I'm sure. And what he does, and I notice you do a similar thing as well is you never seem you don't give yourself any restrictions on kind of word count you know sometimes you may have an idea or a concept or an opinion that's um, a 200 word sort of long paragraph other times it might be an 800 word rant i mean what's what what are your thoughts there I, personally i love to be on the receiving end of of just good quality content i care not whether it's a paragraph a sentence or three pages what's your view on that paul yeah, I think you're absolutely right there, Rob. That the um, that it really, I don't think you should be focusing on a word count. Now, from an SEO point of view, sure, you'd want to get more than 500 words, but yeah, some days it just doesn't work. Mm. And then, of course, from a human point of view, most people um, switch off after 100 words anyway. They most people it's TLDR if they didn't get uh, get past 100 words, so too long didn't read it. Right. Um, on the but on the other hand, you, if you're doing it particularly for therapeutic reasons, then uh, yeah, a 1500 page or a uh, sorry 1500 word or even a 15,000 word uh, missus may not be um, may not be a miss on the day. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I think it's uh, what works for you on that particular post. It's um, and yeah, good content and Seth Godin's a good example of that. Mm. Uh, that yeah, you could have um, a post of his which is like a dozen words, and then yep. another time you'll get um, again that 12 1200 word. Uh, missive on the particular topic that's really rolling so uh yeah what what about when you when you first if you can cast your mind back to when you first started whether it's the existing um paulwallbank.com or the or its predecessors um when you when you kind of know in your heart of hearts that you're writing to a very very small readership initially i know it's not like that Mm. today of course you've got many millions but when you're just writing and you know there's it's kind of you and you and your friend up the road and you know your wife um how how do you drive yourself then and what do you have any tips to just kind of keep on doing it when you if you're in that position like you're just starting yeah, don't get discouraged. Um, I think keep working at it. Probably worthwhile not even looking at the web stats. I heard um, a terrific um, talk from... Um, um, I'm just having a mental block. Uh, don't the, keep uh, talking, it'll come to you. <laughs> the lady who um, publishes the Not Quite Nigella uh, blog okay. at the Sydney Writers Festival, and she was saying how um, uh, one day her husband said to her, do you realise you've got uh, 30,000 uh, readers and she was absolutely flawed because she she thought it was just the husband and maybe a couple of her family that were reading it <laughs> and uh, yeah focusing on there's another problem too with it in your early days of blogging is that um, it's funny you attract the trolls really early so you'll get these really, um, you'll get these really crushing comments, uh, and, and uh, that um, that really you wonder why people are doing this, but uh, they will do it, mm. of, uh, trying to put you off. So uh, really snarky, nasty uh, comments, and 
again, the internet it isn't a place for faint hearts with that. But no. uh, when you get that, uh, when you get those really vicious, nasty comments, uh, you've just got to shrug them off and keep going. And mm. you will get them in your early days of blogging too. Yeah, and, and how do you? What do you do? Do you just kind of delete them immediately? Is that how do you kind of wash them out of your hair, as it were? Well, what I recommend with comments is, um, and this is really important, is that uh, you need to have spam protection and you need to have um, approval on it. So uh, you need to approve the comments. Now, if you're using WordPress, for instance, once you've um, approved uh, one comment from somebody, as long as they're not um, abusing all the links and so on, uh, they'll automatically approve um, subsequent comments. But, right. um, but yeah, you need to have that approval process because, and I'm, I'm sure that everybody listening has seen this, where uh, they've gone to a site, there's, um, uh, there's an interesting article, and the, the comments kick off being uh, useful and constructive and then mm. quickly uh, deteriorate. people flogging sunglasses and Viagra mm. and so on. <laughs> um, so you need to put that uh, um, scam, uh, spam catcher or something like that on it. Yeah. Uh, so basically what you're saying there is, is just use some of the facilities that exist yep. um, clearly and and, 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 they, and you mentioned WordPress which obviously very, very common um, blog tool that people use. I think I personally I also find that and you know we get it. I, I we we write regularly, obviously, as you know, with within flying solo and our forums. Uh, you know, there's many. There's probably a couple of hundred people in there now having a, having a chin wag. And yes, every now and again, somebody comes in with some stuff that is um, is not at all pleasant. Mm. And um, certainly, what I found over the years, I I just I just hit delete immediately. If I get an email, occasionally you might get an email that's that's just really off the mark. It's just get rid of it and move on yep. um, and also what I found very useful over the years I don't do it so much now but is um, those positive bits of feedback that you get is just keep those together in a file keep it on your desktop or keep it somewhere visible so that if you do get the occasional um, you know kind of kick in the teeth you can just remind yourself that there's a whole world out there that actually does really like what you do and That's um, right. yeah and do you, when, when discussions um, kind of start up or how, how important do you think for you is is the discussion element you know do you i know i guess it's a measure of engagement so from that perspective uh, i'm sure you'd like to see it and i know from a number of articles of yours that we have on flying solo they always kick off a fairly lively discussion how how important is that to you and what's your kind of policy with that oh, i i think it's fantastic and it, that is one of the measures worth having is uh, how many people are commenting how many people are engaging with you again that's a tough thing in those early days of um blogging is that um, nobody's commenting. You put up a post that you think is terrific, and it may well be terrific, but nobody's reading it because there are just so much out there. Um, and that's when that's that initial discouragement. And I think that's what probably puts a lot of people off in the early days is that they do it for a couple of months and uh, just find they're getting no engagement and get disheartened and move, to, move away. And mm. that's really where the, um, where the hard work is in those early days of uh, uh, getting that engagement there and getting that uh, audience and uh, yeah with the uh, with the comments though yeah if you get a good conversation happening and well people one of the things that worries me at the moment when I talk about trolls is that um, we seem to have picked up this thing that anyone that disagrees with you on the internet is automatically a troll which isn't the case no. um, in reality a troll is somebody who's trying to cause distress to other people on the blog or forum or community and uh that's, for no, for uh, no real conceivable gain, and they no, said, right. hmm, "Okay, yeah." Um, whereas a tr- somebody who disagrees with you, um, it, and particularly if they disagree politely, is mm. not uh, not at all. And um, that's uh, and that's what you should be welcoming on the blog is uh, that sort of 
um, uh, vibrant discussion. Um, if, if people are keeping it uh, polite and sensible, mm. then, uh, yeah, get the dissenters in. In fact, I find that I learn a lot from the dissenters, the people mm. who say, no, Paul, you're an idiot, and, this, <laughs> and then lay out what, exactly why you're an idiot. Yeah, because it gives you another, it gives you, and again, one of the things I, I personally really like about you is that you're not standing there on some kind of pedestal saying, hey, I know it, you don't. You're yep. saying, this is what I think, what do you think? And um, and I agree with you that I think when you get some uh, some slightly adverse comments, it it often deepens your thinking. And as a consequence, um, I've certainly observed on on flying solo is is the conversation that then ensues takes things to a whole new level, which is m- most times is is a is an improvement. Would you say the same? Oh yeah, most definitely, and mm. uh, that's that's what helps. Um, that's what helps. It makes you a better person and a better business uh, mm. um, owner. Because uh, I mean, this is one of the problems too. I think in uh, as a solo um, operator, is that um, having that feedback from uh, peers and from customers and uh, from even from competitors. Um, that's that's something that is really really needed. Mm. And as somebody who um, started up a business on my own and worked from home for the first uh, three years, it was really uh, yeah, that was the thing that you really need there was the um that interaction with the rest of the business community and again that's another therapeutic aspect of mm. blogging for solo entrepreneurs is that um is that you're able to get a, a lot more of that um interaction and discussion there so uh, am i doing this wrong um, am i doing this right mm. uh, uh if you're a tyler and you're discussing different types of grouting or something like that uh, um having a uh, passionate discussion about different uh, great compositions may well um, make you a better Tyler in the end. Yeah, okay. And how do you find, because I, I know with you, and I say, just in case listeners haven't picked it up, you know, I, I, I would, I'd say we know each other pretty well. We met quite a few times. And I know, you know, you're a family man, you're a, you're a busy family man, you're a very involved family man. How do you find, you know, it must be tempting for you now and again, isn't it, just to write something personal or or something that's that that is um concerned with the other side of your life of which i know is a is a is a major part of our lives what do you do with that do you just sort of say well no i'm not i'm not going there with that or do you have another blog sort of in your future that you might move to where where does that sort of sit yeah, I, I'm not particularly um, not particularly interested in, in doing a family type blog. I mean, no. and again, this is what I think it, what works for for you as an individual. Whether mm. if um, tying uh, how your family deals with your business or how your um, or your family issues or whatever, if that's what works for you, then by all means do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I think it comes down to objectives there uh, with the business blog. Yeah. On the personal blog, I mean, yeah, I mean, some people are doing very well with their parenting blogs and um, uh, blogs covering various aspects of their lives. But uh, and if that works for you, if you're comfortable uh, mm-hmm. hanging it all out there. From a business point of view, I'd probably say be a little bit careful about yeah. that um, because if your objective is, is to show that you are the best um, uh, copywriter or virtual assistant or carpenter or whatever in town. Mm, then um, stay focused on that. Yeah, talking yeah. about um, talking about fighting uh, the other parents for a parking spot outside <laughs> the daycare centre is mm. probably not going to help your credibility in that front. No. It's interesting, it's slightly as a tangent, but I remember years ago having a conversation with um, an illustrator that I was working with, a wonderful, wonderful illustrator, did the most superb you know, this is in the days when illustration was done with a with a with a pen and a piece of paper. And um and I said, what, I said, when you go on holiday, do, presumably, do you just spend all your time drawing? He said, no. He said, I don't draw at all. He said, I've tried it. But he said, if I, I just stand there with a piece of paper. I said, if I haven't got a brief, I don't know what to do. 
<laughs> which I thought was it's, that's kind of stayed with me occasionally with with the whole view of writing is I think if if you st- if you get that focus to the level that you're talking about then whilst other thoughts and streams and things may come in it's not the purpose of the blog um and and, and I, I like your response to that I've got another question actually that's just come in from Catherine um she says how do you balance this possibly not so relevant in your blog but I'm sure you'll have an opinion how do you balance selling versus content um, do you sometimes pitch a product or a service directly to your readers? Yeah, I don't, and you're mm. quite right there. But um, I think that's an important question that uh, you have to look at it strategic um, reasoning for why you've got a blog there. Mm. I, personally, my um, my observation with the blogs that really try the hard sell is that it doesn't go down very well unless you're able to write um, the sales pitch into your copy very, very well. And there are some people that do that extremely well. Mm. Uh, so they've um, they've got their products. Um, it might be consulting services, it might be books or whatever, and they write um, the blog posts around those, and then manage to get a few plugs in for their services. Or, uh, but I guess uh, that's a, that's quite a different model, certainly to your blog. And again, that's all. It's it, it comes down to what are you trying to achieve, and and you know, and why, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I think too, uh, you've got to be. I think you've got to be a very very good writer to be able to pull that off successfully mm. but um if you've got uh, lots of gratuitous plugs for your business most people aren't really interested in that so i came across an interesting blog um some years back in fact i think it was back in 2008 it was a uh, restaurant in melbourne that just sent, set up a simple blogger uh, blog and they were putting up all their daily specials as a blog so this is uh, mm. this is today's uh, so um uh, calves cheeks uh, raised in red wine sauce. Uh, they're on special this week at the market, so we've decided that this is today's special, and uh, and, and that was doing really well. Mm. Um, so that, that, that's an example of a pretty straightforward um, sales pitch blog um, that works well because, of course, people in the neighbourhood are going, "Oh, I fancy some raised um, yeah. calves cheeks." So off we go. Well, I do already. <laughs> I do already. It's a shame it was so long ago. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I think uh, I think you've, you've you've cracked it there. It is again. It depends what's the purpose of your blog, what you're trying to achieve with it. And I guess the thing with anything that you're posting is you have to think of the reader, don't you? And if it's like, well, is this going to jar? Is this going to stand out um, in a bad way? Or is it going to fit nicely with my business? And I think as long as you keep those um, that sort of picture in mind, then you, then I think you should do fine. But I, I sometimes I see, particularly an early blog, maybe someone that's just getting into it, and then and they sort of do some quite unusual experimentation, um, trying to instantly get some cash in or something. And they just don't work, do they? It's just not. It's never, never a good step. I think it's just. No, they don't, and mm. that um, actually leads on to a really important point. One that I'm quite passionate about with business blogs is that uh, is whether you put AdWords on them or not. Mm. And my general feeling is you don't. And part yeah. of the reason for that is that uh, let's say you're um, a plumber running a blog, and uh, uh, if you've got AdWords on there, then um, of course your blog's about plumbing. And guess who's going, whose adverts are going to appear? Mm. All your competitors who have uh, bought those keywords um, about uh, plumbing. So. Mm. You may well find that there's your blog with uh, all the competitors adverts on it. So. so I guess the lesson there is is if if you're looking to monetize your blog, again, that needs as kind of as much focus and consideration as indeed the positioning of your blog. 
doesn't it? Yeah, I think monetizing the blogs are a really difficult thing. One or two mm. outlet has managed to do this, but I don't think that's that should be the objective of most business blogs. You, mm. Basically, because you're not going to do it. Yeah. Um, really, a blog, and this is the same as social media in general too. So whether we're talking about Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages, Twitter, mm. that Pinterest, that sort of thing, is that um, they're. Um, your blog's going to be a marketing tool and it's going to be possibly a customer service tool as well. Um, that you might get customers uh, putting on your blog, hey, you were around here last week and uh, uh, my computer's blown up again, um, that sort of thing. Um, or you, why did you recommend this antivirus to me when uh, everyone says it's rubbish? Um, uh, this is the sort of thing that you're you just channeling your old business now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm coming out in hives as I speak. The. Um, yeah, so that, that ties in again to that strategic reason why you're blogging there. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't think you can monetize most blogs. I mean, mm. flying solo, you've got that particular business model. But mm. if you're a, um, a plumber or you're a speaker or uh, you're a, um, you're a personal mm. assistant, that sort of thing, then you, you really you're looking at this to drive sales leads, drive marketing, um, yeah. drive your visibility in the uh, in the industry, uh, whatever your objective is there. But monetizing, I would have that right down the bottom of the list. Mm. There's, and look, there's a lot of big media companies that are failing this business and it's their core competence. And, sure. You know, they've got consultants from McKinsey and Deloitte mm. and so on. And they haven't worked out how to do it. And, yep, they haven't worked out how to do no. it either. Tell me one thing again, just, uh, just sort of backtracking again, as I said at the sort of intro, one of the uh, one of the key things that you do, and and um, I've I've been on the receiving end and watched you do it so finely, is is you present. You present at lots of conferences, um, and clearly, in a number of occasions, I know um, the people that are running those conferences or the people that are um, retaining the services of Paul Wallbank are the people in the tall buildings, you know, corporates and organisations. And yet, um, I've never ever got the impression that you hold back from being critical of any organization if you feel it's justified how do you how do you balance that you know because on the one hand you're taking a swipe at whomever you say you've been you know you made some comments about mbnco today does it do you ever sit there and think mm, better not say that because it might impact you know my opportunities or how, how do you how do you rationalize that this drives my partner mad <laughs> i don't hold back at all and uh um, that's my personality, I, um, mm. and that's why I uh, don't have a career in, in corporate life. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, is that uh, I don't particularly play well in those type of teams. Uh, so no, I won't hold back. I'll, um, mm. I will if I, um, I will call a spade a bloody shovel if, um, right. if that's, a, and that has hurt me too. I've mm. um, found that there's various organisations that won't have me in because I've offended one of their executive delicate sensibilities okay so this um, doesn't sound so much this isn't a strategy this is a, a behavioral pattern by the sounds of it. <laughs> no that's um yeah the, the thing is uh with it i don't hold back and uh, yeah. occasionally you've got to take your lumps with that um mm. and again i think this comes down to the personality of the uh business proprietor uh the personality of the person blogging and the yeah. risk um and the risk appetite for that person. That and this again comes all back to the strategy there. Uh, mm. What are you trying to do there? And sure, irritating a big chunk of your um, uh, of your customer base is probably not a good idea. And this is one of the things that um, uh, where it's probably uh, 
do as I say, not do as I do <laughs> uh, for business bloggers, is uh, keeping off things like politics, religion, that mm. sort of stuff, because um, uh, it will hurt you in the um, amongst your customer base if you're mm. um, advocating a particular political party or a particular. Okay, well, look, we might let you take that up with your partner <laughs> after <laughs> in your own good time. Look, thank you so much That's for okay. uh, for sharing your thoughts. I've got. To, I'm just going to ask you a couple of questions that I that I that um, I shared right at the beginning. Um, one of them was uh, talking about a discussion going on in our forums about where do you kind of find your new business opportunities? Where where do they come to you? Where do you is it um, do you, do you sort of take any particular actions yourself that opens doors for you, or or is it just going through your day to day business that, that things present themselves? I'm constantly on the lookout for this. It's the same as blog posts and um, and as business ideas that um, you're looking around uh, because you're aware of that already. You probably see them where uh, other people wouldn't because they're just not looking for that. Mm. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm always on the lookout for new business ideas and that, and that's um, another thing that drives my partner. That <laughs> um, so yeah, I um, so yeah, I'm always looking at how can we do things better. Right. Um, why why are we doing things that way? You're can we do that better? That's some of the things that I explore on the blog too. Yeah. Um, on what are we? Uh, uh, you know, can we do this better? Are we doing this wrong? Mm. Yeah, um, I must. I must admit, again, I love the way that you do that. Is that not only do you share your opinions, but you're you're not afraid to ask questions, open it, you know, quite big, open ended questions, which is just getting people to stop and think actually you know what could as a nation could we be doing that better you know yeah. as an organization could we be doing that better so good and the fi- my final question to you is again we have got a discussion going on this week about joyful what's making you smile in your business so what about you paul what's making you smile in uh, paulwallbank.com at this this current time Oh, um, I wish I had notice of that question. There's something that's absolutely... Uh, Sorry, we don't do that. <laughs> absolutely uh, cracked me up this morning. I've completely forgotten what it was. Um, but uh, oh, just being out on uh, out on the web, you always uh, you can always find something. As long as you filter out Australian politics, you can always find something to del- delight yourself on your, your Twitter feed or on uh, on on the web there. And, uh, yeah, there's a whole... Um, Jeffrey Smart's passing today. I know that's quite sad, but... Uh, I, I'm a real fan of his work, and mm. uh, just looking back at that, uh, looking back at his work was uh, a real um, delightful thing today. And uh, yeah, so there's things like that that are, I find really delightful. And mm. in the um, day-to-day business, uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of the positives of being in business for yourself is that you can sit back and laugh and enjoy uh, enjoy what you're doing there rather than having to worry about signing somebody's memo or something perfect well again paul thank you and uh for those that um would like to who, who don't already follow you um paulwallbank.com is the place to go um if uh, you're also pretty prolific in twitter i think is that not right yeah i'm crankier there than on the blog okay what's your what's your your twitter address uh, just paul wallbank paul wallbank okay well paul thank you very much for joining us And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.